Hi, folks, and welcome back to the Funky Brain Podcast. My name is Dennis, and this is my funky brain. But our guest today is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified sex addiction therapist, very intelligent, well-informed professional who helps couples and individuals struggling in relationships and, of course, with other addictions as well, such as porn, alcohol, and drugs, as well as helping those struggling with anxiety and depression. And he hosts a very informative podcast called The Addicted Mind, which I was fortunate enough to appear on last month. Please check that out. Mr. Dwayne Osterlin, how are you doing today, sir? Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And actually, your episode is out today. So I know I saw it on the website. And I told my assistant to make sure that she gets that in front of people. Awesome. So I'm glad to be here. I know. I'm glad you're here too, man. This is really great. Um, and how is 2021 treating you so far? Have you recovered from 2020? I think I'm recovering from 2020. Um, COVID was pretty stressful to me. And, and I also have young kids, so pulling them out of school. I also run a, a group therapy practice and dealing with that and how do you work remotely and, and all of that stuff was, was actually pretty stressful for me. Um, but you know, we got through it and, um, we're looking at the end of it and that's exciting. And I feel more energized and hopeful about the future and, uh, kind of can see the way out as, as we're going. So that's kind of exciting, but definitely last year was, that was a tough year. It was, it was challenging. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember when all this started like a year and a half or whenever that was last March, right now it's May. So it was last March ish. And um, remember, Italy got hit first, and that was how right. it all started. And there was a guy there uh, who was on, I don't know if it was a blog or a video or whatever he said, a news thing. And he said, look, uh-huh. we're about you guys. And he was talking to us in, the, in America. He said, uh, you guys are about to go into a challenging time where you're going to go into this isolation. He said, use this time productively. You know, use it to learn something new, read books you wanted to do, learn how to dance, sing, a new art, do something. Don't let it get to you. And so what you were just describing, it was like, you know, you were able to overcome the challenges and push through it. And now you're on the other side, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it really it, it really helped me slow down, actually. And, and exactly that happening, thinking about what's important in my life what's important for my family. It definitely brought our family closer together, you know, having your kids at home every day. And yeah, that's challenging in many ways. And I was lucky enough that I could work from home and and so could my wife. So I definitely know that not everybody could do that. And that could be even more of a challenge. But for us, we were able to go through that and, and really see um, really think about our life and what's important to us and and what's valuable. It, it, things like this, when you go into challenging times, if you could take a deep breath, uh, you can kind of reflect and it and it helps you really get to that space of knowing like what's important to me, what's really valuable. It forces you to do that. At least it does for me. And um, and then you can kind of contemplate and think about it and and then readjust if you have to. Yeah, well, that's yeah, how well it was said. for me. And you know, as a as um, people in the mental health industry, we're forced to use our, the tools that we throw onto our clients all the time. You know, we're like practice yep. your meditation, read, write, 
do uh, take care of your your body, your mind and your spirit all the time. And now we have to do that, too. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely reached out for help to others, other therapists and other people in the community to get the support and walk through some of the challenging times, what you're going through. I mean, there, you know, not only was there COVID, but there was a lot of divisiveness and people had different opinions and different thoughts and different risk tolerances. And, you know, this person over here is wants to be more careful than this person, yet they are family and having to navigate that. And we had to go through that and being able to figure out how do you talk to someone else about that or what's the stress about it? So yeah, you have to pull out all those tools when yeah. we get into those challenging times. And I definitely did the same, you know? Yeah, it's funny you, we led into that because I was just gonna say like, what kinds of challenges are you seeing out there right now? given our current global instability, like what are you seeing from patients coming in like um, outside of the norm what, or what would have been the norm two, three, five, ten years ago? Well, I, I think we've definitely seen an increase in mental health issues of people coming in with, with more depression, with more anxiety. Um, a lot of people have struggled in their recovery too because of the stress and the isolation. I mean, one of the big things that I've really seen is that a lot of people who depend on, you know, 12 step support groups or any other smart recovery or whatever is, is going on there, getting that support, being around other people, all of a sudden that was pulled away. And that can be uh, a major support network that helps a person kind of cope with stress and anxiety. And all of a sudden that's gone. And that's how to, I think a big impact. So we definitely see an increase in um, demand for, for help and support um, coming, coming into our office because yeah, I think it's had a huge impact. And I think we're going to, we're going to continue to see that as people get back and, you know, everything, everybody gets really excited and, and they're like, okay, we can get, get back out there. And then I think once that settles, we'll, we'll even see a bigger increase of like legacy depression, legacy anxiety, PTSD. I, I think a lot of people, we're going to see a lot of people who have had COVID come in with a lot of anxiety and depression too. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to work with that. So I definitely see an increase in that. I don't know if that's in the numbers, you know, it'd be interesting to see the research on that, but I definitely see it just anecdotally uh, to, to our practice and, and to my practice. Yeah, I, I could totally see that as well. Um, so can you share with us a little bit about your story? Like what led you to do what you do today? I would say addiction has been something early on in my life. I went into rehab when I was around 17 years old. I was a kid that was struggling with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, and, you know, found alcohol and pot as a, as a, as a way to cope with that. Um, but it didn't work and it got out of control. And then um, I would say mildly, you know, let's end things here, you know, let's it's kind of suicidal. And so um, I was able to get support, go into rehab, get the skills I needed to kind of cope and, and get through it and, and come out the other side. And I think that really saved me because at 17, your brain is still developing. Your brain is still growing and getting off of, of the drugs gave me that opportunity to, for my brain to heal and grow 
at a young age. And I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I look at the times now and in a way where I was, I'm really thankful because I feel like if, if I, you know, and it with opioids out there and all of this other stuff at the time, that wasn't as big, you know, when, when I was going through this, it kind of scares me. Like I, that would have been bad news for me. And I feel like I, I dodged a bullet. I don't know if that makes sense because, you know, I just think of like, oh crap, I would have done that in a second. And I probably would have really, really liked it. And I'm glad that it, it wasn't there and I had the opportunity to get help early. So that kind of set the stage. And then for me, I didn't get into being a licensed marriage and family therapist or uh, any of that until later in my life. I, I went off and did another career and, and did all this other stuff. And really I was kind of getting back to like, being unhappy in my life, not just not really feeling satisfied with what I was doing and uh, an opportunity presented itself where I could go back to school. And, and um, I had met with the Dean at the school and, and it kind of just worked out. I had the summer off. I had time that I wasn't working and he had a class opening up that, uh, that weekend and said, you know what, I'll, I'll let you attend it. Um, I don't know, maybe he was, a, he was a really great guy. His name was Vince and he was a really just cool professor. And, and, um, and he said, just, just come. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And I just, I fell in love with it. It was like, I, I wanted to understand my own brain, my own, <laughs> why I thought the way I thought when I look back now, that's the reason I really wanted it. I wanted to understand me and why, how I was the way I was. And this was the uh, avenue to do that. And so I went to, went to school and, and started going back to school. And I just really fell in love with it. And, it, and slowly had to let the other, other profession go, the other career go, and, and move into this. And then really all of my history going to uh, rehab early on in my life, my own trauma, my own stuff played into that and became part of that. And, and I was able to incorporate those experiences into the work I do now. And it just became valuable. And I just, I love it. I love helping people. I, I love understanding the brain. It's so amazing how we work and how, how like, like you said, our funky brain works. Cause sometimes it's just so like, this does not make sense. What the hell am I doing? And to understand maybe the reasons behind it, and then to ultimately, I think, alleviate suffering, right? Alleviate my own suffering, alleviate the suffering of others, uh, especially when there's ways out and, and we kind of know some of the ways out, right? You can get the help, you can get the support. You, there, there are things you can do. You know, we, we have, we know more about the brain now than, than we ever have. And uh, that, that information is growing exponentially. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's exciting time to be in the mental health space, I think. Yeah, I'm well said. You know, one of the things I want people to hear, like when I hear that story is like, no matter how far down the rabbit hole we've gone, well, you can, you can keep going down or right. you can start your life over at any time. Ask for help. Like I always say, yeah. we don't have to do this on our own and we have to make a start somewhere. So when I hear right. this, it's really great. It's like, I can start my life over whenever I want and it can be productive and useful. It's not over. If I would say the biggest thing that I've learned and worked on was to get over my own shame about asking for help 
and like letting that shame go. I need support, you know, and being able to ask and feeling okay about it. If anything I've done, that's been the thing that's been the most helpful to me. I feel much more comfortable when I'm struggling to just reach out to somebody who knows how to do it and just ask them or get their feedback. If I'm struggling with this, I go ask for the help to get it and get the support. I also think that there's some stuff you can only do with another human being reflecting back to you. You know, I have this saying where you heal through the eyes of others, right? There's some stuff we just can't do on our own. We need another compassionate human being to reflect back to us the compassion we need for ourselves. We can do some of it ourselves, but there's just, there's these pieces that we just need another human being to see us and look at us and, and help us, you know, move to that next step. Mm, Yeah. Well said. And I think that we were taught, especially as men, right? Oh yeah. Help is a sign of weakness, but it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It's a, it's a sign of humbleness or humility saying, you know what? I don't know how to do this. Can you show me so I don't spend the next five or 10 years banging my head against the wall? Yeah, Trying exactly. to figure it out by myself. Maybe you could show me and I can avoid that five or 10 years and fix it in like an hour. Absolutely. I, I was listening to uh, I was another podcast. And I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they were talking about uh, American male loneliness and how as men, a lot of times we're raised to never reach out and never make connections with other people. Because if you're emotional, you're weak, you're, you know, whatever they say, you just don't do it. You know, it's, it's bad to do. You just be stoic, you suck it up and you be stoic, right? And you just like hold it all in. And that's, that's the model. I mean, we got it from, you know, movies and everything like that. But the, the later result is these men who are now in their later 50s and 60s having no deep friendships, no deep connections where they can connect and they just feel isolated and alone. One of the things that I I see profound in my work is I I do a lot of um, support groups for men, you know, a lot of men that are struggling with addiction or whatever it is. It's amazing how these men, in some ways, this is the most intimate they've ever been in their life together. And it becomes incredibly supportive for them to be able to talk with other men about their struggles, their fears, their anxieties, their relationships, you know, all of that stuff and and get honest feedback, but also compassionate feedback, you know, meant in kindness and care. They needed that safe environment to to begin to do that. And it's amazing to watch. It it really Mm -hmm. is. I I love it. One of the memes that I find funny and accurate over the last few years you know we see all these memes out there but one of them i like is like the older i get the more i realize that nobody really knows what's going on like we're all just kind of winging it throughout the day and you know what you were just talking about is like a lot of us and well a lot of men but a lot of us in general i think we look at the other person the, the other guy the other woman the other family and like the grass is greener kind of thing. Oh, they must yeah. know something I don't know, you know? And yeah. sometimes they do, but it's like, we think that everybody else has it figured out. And once we've sit in a, in a support group like that or reach out for help and we realize it's like, oh, millions of people are struggling to figure out that exact same thing. Ex- oh yeah. And, and once we can, I think that also helps us like lower the shame about it because we make this judgment. They, they've got it so together. They feel so together but you're not in their head, you know? And I think that's one of the gifts of doing this work and uh, being a therapist and, and working with people is it's, you, you see that 
over and over again, you know, and, you know, for yourself as a therapist, it also makes it easier to understand that. Like, we're all going through this. We're all trying to figure it out. You know, it's like, it's confusing. It's hard. Life is strange. And but keep so, asking for help. Yeah. Keep trying to find a way yeah. through and keep asking for help. And another thing I tell my, my clients, when we reach a point where there's, where lights start going off and they start seeing things differently. And I always remind them, it's like, we're just starting. We're not, yeah. th- this isn't the end. Cause they're like, wow, this is great. Thanks so much for getting me to this point. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Well, you're welcome. But this is just the beginning. When I say what, what we're talking about is some wisdom, a level of wisdom and awareness that a lot of people don't have. And with that comes, there's a couple of things. One, it's like a curse and a blessing because we can't go back and think the old way anymore right where that ignorance is bliss kind of thing where we could just go through life ignorant and not understand what's going on and then we also need to give it away and we also that's why you and i do what we do is to to help people not have to suffer for 10 or 20 years or 30 or beyond any and not have to suffer anymore at those deep levels and hopefully pull them out so I, i think it's everybody's responsibility to help somebody in some way there's a um there's just a, a, you have to give time, time. I was taught like we, and we have to learn to get through stuff because it, it, a lot of the stuff that we have to go through stuff, I'm using the technical term stuff. A lot of life stuff that we go through is repetitive. So what a lot of the hard things that we go through, whether it's like financial heartache, a broken hearts, death, divorce, uh, health problems, like those types of things tend to repeat themselves. So once we see if we can get through it this time, and then when it comes up again, whether it's in uh, six months or in six years or whatever, we're like, oh, well, I got through that before. I know how to get through that now without right. using drugs or alcohol or porn or shopping or, or numbing right. feelings somehow. We learn how to get through them. Yeah. And you can, you can get the skills to be able to do that. And so when that thing comes up again, you can first, you can see it, you can see the pattern. And that's where I think sometimes we really need other people in our life so they can point out the pattern that we can't see. And when we have trusted others in our, in our life, they can give us that feedback so we can see the pattern. I don't know if you've had those moments where someone shares something with you and you're like, oh yeah, totally. I didn't even see that. Oh yeah. That's totally true. <laughs> I didn't even, I couldn't even notice it. I could never have seen it unless that person had just said it to me. And I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Now I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to do X instead. And that's going to help solve that problem. But I just couldn't see the problem. And that's a great part of having, you know, trusted people in your life that you, you can share with. I, I, I studied under uh, Patrick Carnes um, as a certified sex addiction therapist. And one of the things that he had always said and, and really struck me is that in recovery, you should have at least two to three people in your life that know your complete story you know, at least everything about you so that you can always go to them and get feedback and know that they're going to give you honest feedback. Right. And once again, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, if you're a man and you've been taught not to share, a lot of men don't have anybody. Right. So one of the things I say is create that support network, find those, those people in your life, that, that know your whole story and work to have that in your life. If you were to set, like set a goal for yourself, 
that would be one of them. And you can find those, those people in 12 steps. You can find them in smart recovery. You can find them in different places and get that in your life and make that uh, a priority that you connect with those people, maybe on a weekly basis. Those people have to earn your trust. You know, you, you don't just do it with anybody. You, you find those people that deserve it. And then you do that mutually with each other and you create strong support network that helps you walk through life because life is challenging. Good people in there can help you and they can help you see the stuff you can't see. A couple of closing questions here. So if you can go back to your 15 year old self, what would you tell that kid? You're a good kid. And I think that's what that kid wanted to know. If I look back and I see, he just wanted to know he was okay. And so I, that's what I would tell him. But I will, I'll put the caveat in there. You know, a lot of this stuff has got me where I am today and it makes me who I am. So I don't know if I'd want to change it totally, <laughs> if that makes sense either, because I've grown a lot from it and it's, it's made my life richer. And I think when we go through suffering and pain and we can transcend it it brings a richness to our life it's just incredibly meaningful but it takes time to get there yeah and i think i think um you know the journey is part of the the goodness of it all there was like this big uh panel discussion i was having with other people in the field and I said something like, um, you know, I wish I could just get shit without having to suffer at rock bottom levels for years before getting that. And this woman right. piped up and she was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I would want that. I think the pain is part of the ride. It's part of the journey that gets us here. And although it's not like the desired path, I think that the pain ends up being a blessing. Yeah. I see both sides of it. Like, wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to go through the pain, but then would I really understand it at a deep enough level? I think you're right. I was talking to someone the other day and, and uh, something about it's the combination of feeling joy in the moment and also acknowledging the, the loss and grief of the past. And when we combine those two things, I, I think there's just an appreciation for the moment that is rich, but it's, it's um, you have to fight for it. Well said, you have to fight for it. So this has been great, Dwayne. Um, Dwayne Osterlin, how could people connect with you? Yeah, they can find me at theaddictedmind.com. That's my my podcast that I do. And uh, that's probably just the best way to get in, get in touch with me. Yeah, and you work for Novus? Novus uh, Mindful Life Institute is the group practice that I founded. And we also have therapists there uh, that help people through addiction, help people through depression, anxiety, do EMDR work and trauma work and help people through some of this pain to, to get to the other side, to get to that space. Well, thanks again for sharing, for taking the time with me today. It was so nice to see you again and chat with you. I think we have great talks and I love that. It's awesome to be able to connect with you. Well, thanks again. And thanks everybody for tuning into the Funky Brain Podcast. And have a beautiful day today. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dennis. So I've been asked recently, why would I need a life coach? And how can a coach help me? Well, I've spent the last 15 years helping people overcome their challenges and propel themselves forward in life. And I work with people worldwide via Zoom and currently have clients in New Zealand, England, Australia, and of course, scattered throughout the U.S. here. So how come some people seem to be able to think of great ideas and just get them done at a high level? And some people just get stuck. Well, we need consistency in our lives to specifically define our goals and create specific action steps to get them done on a daily basis. 
And then execution is key. We could design all the beautiful plans we want, but without proper execution, most plans live a very short life. And then finally, and the most important piece of the puzzle to unlock all that success afterwards is accountability. All the most successful people in the world have coaches, mentors, and accountability partners. Oprah, Richard Branson, Elon Musk. Nobody reaches high levels of success on their own. In most cases, they have teams of people to run their ideas by. It takes more than just a good idea to reach your goals and dreams. It takes hard work, effort, commitment, and dedication. And of course, somebody to hold your feet to the fire to make sure these things get done at a high level. And that's what I do. I help people reach their goals at a high level. I am a high performance coach. And when I say that, I don't just mean money. I mean, kicking your addictions and mastering your life, improving your relationships, reaching your financial goals, crushing your health and fitness goals. So reach out today for a free session to start radically changing every area of your life. Don't wait till tomorrow or when it seems like the perfect time. Now is the perfect time to start achieving all your goals and dreams and to radically change your life forever. I'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful day.